you know, we started, like Max was saying, <clears throat> we started this is a short thing. Um, God's been kind of put me on this journey to really understand, to, to, to learn, to walk in abiding in Christ in a greater way. And so we started last week. Um, next week, we're going to talk on Joshua a little bit, but it really is, where is God leading us as a church? So if you got your Bibles, um, John 15, verse 4, <clears throat> Jesus said this. We talked about it last week. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And Jesus said that abiding in him is, is just staying connected, continually connected. You know, just like you picture a vine and a branch that grows out, the branch has to be connected to the vine. In order for it to live, to bear fruit, to do anything, it has to be connected. And Jesus said, you got the picture? That's the picture. Branch, vine, you're the branch, I'm the vine. You got to be really connected. And when you begin to abide in Christ, what happens is you begin to experience God in a more personal and powerful way. That your relationship grows deeper. You begin to see his power in your life as you bear fruit. You see him do more and more things through and in and through your life because, because his love and his power can flow through you, right? Nutrients and, and life cannot flow into a branch if it's disconnected from the vine. And Jesus said, man, when you are, when you are connected with me, nothing is impossible because all the power, everything that I have at my disposal, everything I have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. And, and so Jesus said, you know, the most incredible thing to me is he said that if you abide in him, if you're connected to him and his words, you know, in the Bible, his words abide in you. That means you're living God's word and you're, and you're abiding in Christ. He said, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. I mean, that's crazy, right? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done. You know, that's why I so long to really be so connected that I'm just fully abiding in him. Because, you know, I, I'm just tired of praying for people. And, you know, we see like, well, some people get healed, some people don't. I want to see everybody get healed. You know, I want to be so abiding in Christ that we say, hey, you know, little Alina Kawasaki, will you just heal? And God says, is that what you want? That's what we want healed, right? Blind eyes would see, you know, people who can't walk, begin to walk again. People who have cancer get healed. And, you know, that's a great motivation for me. Because Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you just ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And abiding in Christ reminds us that Christianity is not a religion. You know, it's, it's not a religion. And being a Christian is not about being religious, 
Because religion is all about duty. Religion is about duty, and, and ultimately the focus of religion is on me. You know, it's, it's about what I can do, what I will do. I'm going to earn my salvation, that I'm going to earn blessings, that I need to appease God who is continually watching and making sure that I don't mess up, you know, that I don't make them angry, that I'm going to devote, you know, some of my time. I can't give them all, but I'm going to devote some of my time to God so that I'll be blessed. And the real insidious thing about religion and why I just despise religion so much because the focus just comes on us. Because that's what religious, religiousness is all about. People who get real religious, it's all about them. You know? When I'm religious, I walk around and people are walking and I go, Oh, poor people, they don't know Jesus. You know? And, you know, you look down on people and it's just a mess. And when you are really abiding in Christ, it's not about that. Because Christianity is not about that. It's about relationships, right? It's all about relationships. Because at the heart of Christianity is this loving God who yearns for a relationship with the people that he created. And so he's just going to do everything he can. He's going to give us his son, the Lord Jesus, so we can be restored into relationship with him. That's like the heart of Christianity. And, and it's about this God who offers salvation as a gift. You know, it's a gift. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, It is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, it's not anything that you've done on your own. It's a gift from God. Even us loving God, you know, even that, we love because the Bible says God first loved us. God takes the initiative. How crazy is that? That we're far from God, we're separated by sin, and God takes the initiative to love us. He's not waiting there and he says, well, I tell you what, when you learn to behave, you know, when you believe and you, believe, you behave, then we'll let you belong. No. He takes the initiative. 1 John 4, 19, we love because God first loved us. I mean, that's crazy, you know? And being a Christian is so different from being religious. It's responding to the love of a loving father. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 to 31, people are asking, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Right? Of all the commandments, what's the greatest? What did Jesus say? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's like the greatest commandment. He says, the second, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Why? Because Jesus said, it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships with God and with others. And abiding in God, abiding in Christ is so precious because it reminds us that the most important thing is to stay connected with Jesus and grow in our relationship with God. I mean, that's what abiding in Christ is all about. It's like this branch and the vine, and that we, we've got to stay connected. Otherwise, it's too easy for us to fall into religion, a religion of duty. Oh, it's Sunday today. i got to go to church. Oh, i got to read my Bible. Oh, i got to pray. Oh, we can't eat until I pray. we got to do all these things, you know. 
And all of a sudden, being a Christian is about do's and don'ts. And, you know, we can all do that only so much. And then we get tired, and, you know, we like, oh, it's tired of this stuff. You know? And then we begin to think, God, what are you going to do for me? I did all this for you. What are you going to do for me? Because that's what religion is. And when we abide in Christ, we discover it's so much more than that. You know, I just look forward so much to being here on Sunday. I just look forward so much to, to spending time with God in the Word. And I just wanted to share just a few more things that I've been learning about abiding in Christ, you know, with the hope that you come join me and let's go on this journey to abide in Christ together. In your bulletin, there's notes. Here's the first thing is this. In order to abide in Christ, we got to make time. Yeah, you got to, we got to make time. In our culture that is constantly on the go, where we're just rushing from here to there, going from one thing to the next, abiding in Christ runs counter to all that. So, um, abiding in Christ is about staying in God's presence, enjoying our Savior. And there's this peace and tranquility about abiding in Christ. You know, we're just like, whoa, like that. When we're abiding in Christ, there's a peace and a tranquility. Jesus had this really, really busy schedule, you know, work from morning to night, but he always took time to get away and abide with his Father in heaven. After one full day, from morning to evening, you know, he's out there, he's recruiting disciples, he's uh, teaching, he's healing just tons of people, casting out demons, and that he's doing this from morning to evening. We read in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, very early the next morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary, solitary place where he prayed. He knew it was vital that he stay connected to his father, you know. And it wasn't just this one-time thing. It was something that he would, it was a habit of his. In Luke chapter 5, 16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So that was a habit for him. And if we are to abide in Christ, we got to make the time to do so. Because it's so easy for me to drift. You know, you just drift away from God. With all the busyness, all the activities, it's, man, it's so easy, you know, to put Jesus on the back burner. And I need to make regular time to spend with him. You know, if I just hope, I, you know, when I have time today, I'm going to spend time with him. I just never do it, you know. I just can't do it, you know. And so what I do is I set appointments with him, like I do with every other appointment, put in my Put it on my uh, calendar. Got an appointment. Got an appointment in the morning with him. Got an appointment in the evening before I sleep with him. You know, just to pray, just to listen, just to get into his word, just to be with him. You know, and on my Sabbath, you know, what I do is I take an extended um, period of time. You know, like Jesus, just to, to pray and stay connected with him. And I got to do these kind of things. Now, am I perfect? Do I hit every single one? No, I'm not. But, you know, it's a whole lot better, and I'm getting a whole lot better, you know. Sometimes in the morning, it's like, man, I got up a little late. Oh, what am I going to do? And I got to make a choice, right? Because I got to make the time. So, all right, you know what? I got to spend time. Because I keep thinking, I don't want to be a branch all day that's not connected to the vine. 
because I'll be useless at that point, right? I'll be driftwood is what it is. And so I keep that in my mind, that in order to abide in Christ, we just got to make the time. We got to make it a priority. We got to do whatever it takes, you know. And I just find for me, when I get up, great time to spend with the Lord. And then before I go to bed, man, this is a great time. Because otherwise, this is, this is me, right? I go to bed. All these thoughts of what I got to do tomorrow, all these things keep filling my mind. Oh, no, all these, oh, no, I got to meet with so-and-so tomorrow, you know, this, this. Or, you know, conflicts or whatever come in your mind, and you just can't sleep. And what I realized is I just spend time, I said, I'm just going to abide in you, Christ. And I just give everything to Jesus. And I just sometimes I'm there just listening, you know. And um, uh, just last night, you know, just... Our family has been kind of, Joe and I have been just kind of like struggling with this virus thing for like years now, it seems. It's for months. It's kind of discouraging, you know. <clears throat> Sunny guys are at the hospital, and I'm thinking, man, I better not go. My throat's a little funny. I don't want to get them all sick. So you're just like, oh, God, when is this going to end? So, I, you know, before I go to bed, I just spend time with the Lord. I say, God, Jesus, I just, I just got to abide in you now. And then, then the Lord just kind of leads me to Psalm 41, you know. Psalm 41, and then, and then it says this in verse 3. I'm just reading, Oh, the joy of those who are kind to the poor, the weak. The Lord rescues them when they're in trouble. He protects them. And then he says this, He gives them prosperity in the land, rescues them from their enemies, and the Lord nurses them when they are sick, and he restores them to health. And I said, Thank you, God. And I said, I take that one. That, you know, you're going to, and I asked last night, I said, God, even when I sleep, you're going to be with me in bed and that you're going to restore me and Joe to health. And then I had a pretty decent night of sleep last night. And, and in order to abide in Christ, we've got to make it a priority. The second thing is abiding in Christ is focusing on Jesus and getting to know him. Now, that sounds really, really obvious, but a lot of times we forget about that. That abiding in Christ is really focusing on Jesus and getting to know Him. You know, how many times you read the Bible, and we might read it just to get three pages done today or whatever, but do we read it to get to know who God is, get to know who Jesus is? And, and, and that should be the focus of when we abide in Christ. There's a saying that, you know, if you hang around someone long enough, that, you know, the character of that person rubs off on you. You, know, you notice that? You notice how, like, if you were here years ago, um, um, and you would notice when Neil Morakami first got here, and, and how he was then, and now he is now, uh, he's so different now, because my character has rubbed off on him. See? I mean, he is, he is more manly today. Uh, he's, he likes to hug, you know, but, but that's true, you see. The, the, the more you hang around someone, their character, person rubs off on you. And that is especially true with Jesus, that his character will rub off on you as you make time to abide in him. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 to 6, the message has a, it is a paraphrase, great way of, of saying this verse. Here's how we can be sure that we know God in the right way. Keep his commandments. If someone claims, I know him well, but does he keep his commandments? He's obviously a liar. His life doesn't match his words. But the one who keeps God's word 
is the one in whom we see what? God's mature love. This is the only way to be sure we're in with God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same way, the same kind of life Jesus lived. You see, we've got to focus on Jesus. We've got to get to know him because when we do, his character and his life rubs off on us. You know, I've realized that I've got to stay focused on Jesus throughout my day because if not, I'm just going to focus on all kinds of silly stuff. And to be really, really honest, if I don't focus on Jesus throughout the day, you know what? I'm just focusing on myself. You know, I, I just have a very self-centered kind of day. And it's not very good, you know. And, and I don't bear much fruit. I waste my time. I get caught up in all kinds of stuff. So knowing that I need to focus on Jesus, what I did was I, I just set uh, an hourly timer on my phone just to remind me to stay connected. Yeah, this boom comes up, all right, stay connected. Man, you'd be surprised how fast that hour comes up. But it's a way, because I might be doing something, I might be just caught up in this, and boom, oh yeah, and I get back. I have a wall, I have my wallpaper on my computer, my phone. It's all about abiding in Christ. Every time I look, oh yeah, I got to abide in Christ. You know, because I'm, I'm kind of distractible. <laughs> you know, so easily distracted. And so I just need these reminders, you know, throughout my day, to kind of focus on Christ. The more I determine to abide in Christ and stay connected to Him, I find that the more I want to get to know Him in the Bible. And as I started this journey to abide in Christ in a, in a deeper way, in these last six months, man, I've never enjoyed my time in the Word like I have in these last six months. You know, it's not about reading through it at seminary and you got to like take it all apart. It's not about that. It's not about reading through the Bible and I got to read 12 pages today. No, it's all about, okay, me and you, God. This is me and you, God, you know. And, and, and words seem to jump out, out of the page like it's a living book, you know. That it's like God speaking directly to me and into my life. And the truth is, that's what he's doing. And it's been awesome. And make a decision to really focus on Christ throughout your day. Third thing is this. Abiding in Christ is a little surprising. I'm realizing that abiding in Christ is staying connected and loving each other. Okay. A part of abiding in Christ is staying connected and loving each other. You see, the first 11 verses in, in John chapter 15, Jesus instructs how important it is to abide in him, staying vitally connected like a branch to a vine. And then in verse 12, he begins to speak on another very important part about abiding in him. In verse 12, he says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. Can you imagine that? The God of this universe calls us friends. I call you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you 
that you should go and bear what? Bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. See, he says that again. These things I command you so that you will love one another. And Jesus reminds us that loving one another is also very, very important. It's important in abiding in him. Why? Because in order for us to abide in him, we got to take the focus off ourselves. The biggest hindrance to abiding in Christ is us, that we focus on ourselves. Jesus is the vine. We're just the branches. You know, and if we're to abide in him, we got to think and act as he did. And Jesus continually thought about others and not himself. And so he commands us, hey, guys, love one another. That's why the greatest commandments are the greatest commandments, because it's all about a focus that is other-focused. You focus on God, and you focus on others. You see? And he said, that's what it means to abide in me. And so he commands us to love with a love that's costly and sacrificial. Greater love has no person that what? That he lays down his life for his friends. And this is where, you know, for the first time, Jesus calls his disciples friends. You know, those who abide in him are his friends. That he took the initiative. No longer are they servants. They're friends. And abiding in Christ means that we do this together. We stay together. We love each other. That we spur each other on in abiding in Christ. I need you. You need me. We need each other to just spur us on. And say, how are you doing? You know, we just got to keep growing and, and keep encouraging each other because Christianity is all about relationships with God first and then with one another. And God kind of really reminded me of this a few months ago through our friend, Pastor Max Fowler. I wrote this blog entry on, you know, July 27th. You know, I, I told you about that blog that I'm writing, and it's on there, um, Mark Morimoto, wordpress.wordpress.com. But anyway, I wrote this. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to read this to you. Uh, I wrote a blog post, and it's, it's entitled, Max and His Many-Legged Nemesis. Today was our last staff meeting with Jared. It has been a joy, a real joy, working with him for the past 10 years. I wondered what it would be like. Was I to impart wisdom, a final pep talk, a heartfelt word that would evoke much tears? As I've been learning to do in abiding in Christ, I asked the Holy Spirit for guidance, and he guided indeed. This was to be a meeting, for, this was to be a meeting of joy, KCF style. Let me explain. Serving along folks over a stretch of time teaches you much about each other. I learned today that Max is slightly afraid of centipedes. We started our meeting when Jared jumped up saying that he saw something fall from our ceiling. Max was not sure what was going on because he was munching on organic tortilla chips. Max is always munching on something at our meetings. Jared moves to the couch, and sure enough, we all see about a six-inch centipede. That got Max's attention, and he begins to hunt for something to get rid of it, all the while shouting how much he hates centipedes. <laughs> Fear has a funny way of messing up our judgment 
And so he picks up a five-gallon bottle of water, you know, that, you know, for those coolers. He picks up a filled five-gallon bottle of water. And with a determination previously unknown to mankind, he faced his fears head-on. And from the side, I see Max's plan and said, don't do it, don't do it. But Max is on a mission, so he drops the five-gallon bottle on the intruder. Well, he didn't take into consideration that water is very heavy and that the plastic bottle was not made to withstand centipede extermination. (laughs) The water bottle cracks, water splashes all over, five gallons of water pours over our our office carpet. What happened to the centipede? Well, at the bottom of the, the bottle, well, the bottom of the bottle was not perfectly flat but indented in the middle, so the centipede escaped the smashing. But Max succeeded in drowning it. We all learned that five gallons of water will drown a centipede. All the while, Jared is laughing hysterically and having a great time. His final meeting with us was a meeting of joy. It was a perfect KCF way to send Jared off. On the way home, I got to thinking about our memorable staff meeting. What was I going to miss about not having having Jared there with us? More than anything, his presence. Isn't that because, isn't that what is most important? It's not the work that we accomplish together. It's the relationships. As we laughed, cleaned up, teased Max, scared Max with a straw. Hey, centipede! You know? It was clear that the best thing about being together on staff was just being together. Relationships. I think I'm beginning to get it. Thanks, Jared and Max, for helping me to see that really, that it is really all about relationships. I am grateful that I got to serve alongside amazing people on my staff, Jared, Max, John, David, amazing elders, amazing amazing leaders, amazing people, I get to do life with an amazing wife, three amazing kids, amazing puppy, amazing bunny. And then all this amazingness helped me to be more passionately, um, to be more passionate about abiding with my amazing God. It's simply amazing. See, loving one another is vital. And it's a big, big part of abiding in Christ. I don't think Jared or me or Max, I think we're never going to forget that, Max. You know, you know, just, I mean, that was the most hilarious part. Boom, the thing's still there. (laughs) Welcome to our staff, Sonny. Welcome to our staff. If there's any centipedes or any kind of insects, it's up to you, okay, because we can't depend on Max. If there's extra food, we give that to Max. But <laughs> I am learning how vital it is to abide in Christ. I'm learning that I have to make time to abide in Christ. I, I'm learning that I've got to keep my focus on Jesus throughout the day. And whatever it takes, if it's reminders on the phone, whatever, string on my finger, I'm going to do it. You know? And I'm learning that abiding in Christ is all about loving others because we got to do this together, you know? I'm also learning that abiding in Christ is vital if we're going to accomplish God's call for us, you know? 
that if we're going to go out into this world and make disciples. You know, Jesus went on in John 15, 18. He says, the world, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I have said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And then in verse 26, But when the Helper comes, the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the very beginning. And if we're going to fulfill God's call for us and go in the world and make disciples, we have to abide in Christ. That our lives are going to bear witness to the Lord. And we're not going to have to do it alone because the Holy Spirit is given to us. And you know what? When we are connected, when we are connected to the vine, you know, and we're there, we're connected to the vine, we're focused, we have the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us, you know what? The gates of hell, is, they're not going to prevail against us. I long for the day where the gates of hell cannot prevail. You know, right now it's like, oh, we look around, it's such a mess. You know, the day's coming that as we abide in Christ, we move forward. The gates of hell got to keep going back. They cannot prevail. That's what Jesus said, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Richard Warmbrandt um, was a Christian pastor who wrote many books. One of the books that I read was called um, Tortured for Christ. You know, it's one of those really jolly books, you know, Tortured for Christ. Warmbrandt was put into prison in Romania by the communist officials and, uh, for his faith in Jesus. And he was beaten and tortured for over 10 years. While he was in prison, he shared a cell with this young communist, um, a young man who wanted nothing to do with Christianity. You know, obviously rations are really low in prison. And yet, Wormbrandt would share his bread with that young atheist, continually to share what little he had, shared it with that young atheist okay i mean he's beaten he's being tortured whatever food he gets he gives some to that guy one day Wormbrandt was telling the young man about a christian of whom it was said that he was like jesus the young man turns around to Wormbrandt and he says if 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 jesus is anything like you I want to know that Jesus. That if Jesus is like you, that's a Jesus I want to know. And I thought about that, and I thought, man, what if I had said that Jesus was like me? Would anyone want to know him? Not many, I don't think. Not yet. You know, how much of an impact does Jesus have on the way I live my life? See, it all comes down to abiding in Him. Because when I am, He abides in me. And His character rubs off on me. And then when people see me, hopefully they'll see a little bit less of me and more of Jesus. That I long for that day, man, when someone says, if Jesus is like you, I want to know that Jesus. God has a significant call on all of us here at KCF. No matter how hostile things get into the world, 
we're called to go out anyway. We're called to go out and make disciples. And it starts with our relationship with Jesus. It starts there. Because Christianity is all about relationships. It starts with a decision. We're going to abide in, in Christ. We're going to build a strong, intimate, personal relationship with him. That we're going to stay connected with him. And we're going to stay connected with one another. Because abiding in Christ is we do this together with our fellow Christians. And then we go out and we make an impact in this world. That we're going to walk in God's call for us. I'm going to talk about a little bit of what God's call is for us in the next season, next week. That we're going to call, walk in God's call. And one day, people are going to come up to you. Okay, this, is, this, is, this is the goal for all of us. People are going to come up to you and say, if Jesus is like you, I want to know him. See? That's what it means to go out and make disciples. So let's make a decision to abide in Christ personally, right now, right here. All right, let's break that. Is that sign-ups outside? All right, why don't you stand up with me? Please consider what it means to abide in Christ. You know, God's going to teach you how. I just gave you some of the things that I'm learning Okay, I'm not an expert. I'm just on this journey. You know? But I want to encourage you. I felt like God said this last two weeks. Encourage you to consider abiding in Him. Because when we abide in Him, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And God got something huge for us. I am so excited about the season that's coming up because, you know, God handpicked Sonny to come and join us. This is the first time in the history of our church, that we actually have three pastors on staff. Why do we need three pastors? Because there's something big that God wants us to do. What, are the role, what is the role of pastors? To equip people to do everything that God's called them to do. See? Who does everything? It's all of you. It's all of us. We're the ministers. People mistake pastors for ministers. We're not the ministers. You're all the ministers. We're the equippers. We're the coaches. We just encourage. We do whatever we can to help you wherever you are to go out and make disciples. You are the ministers. You know? My friend John, he's in the fire department. I can't go to the fire department and go, hey, you guys need Jesus. And they're going to look at me like, what are you all about? We'll take your blood pressure. We get free blood pressure here. <laughs> But they'll listen to John, not just because he's a chief, <laughs> but because John is learning to abide in Christ, and they see Jesus in him, right? Cheryl, starting a new job. I can't go to Kapolei Commons and go, hi, guess what? I want to talk to you about Jesus. Can't do that. But Cheryl can. Because God put her there. You know, some of you teach at St. Francis High School. I can't do that. But Dave Rockholm can. He got a captive audience with all his students. He says, let me tell you all about Jesus so you all get F's. I can't do that. <laughs> he can. 
right? See? That's why I'm excited about this season. That's why I'm excited about this season. God's got something great. Come next week. Let's talk about it. There's sign-ups out there. We need you to sign up, okay? And we need you to sign up because we need to give Hyatt a head count. If we don't give Hyatt an accurate head count, there's not going to be enough bacon for us, okay? And if there's no bacon, then what the sense of having a brunch? All we'll have is cereal, okay? All right, so sign up out there, all right? But why don't you pray? Let's pray together. Father, I pray that every person here, that you, Holy Spirit, would speak to each person here, that, yep, take a step and abide in Christ. Whatever that means, Father, I pray that they would take it to heart, that they would say, all right, I've got to keep my focus on Jesus throughout the day. You know, I've got I've to make the time. If Mark makes an appointment, I'll make an appointment. I've got to make time. You know, and I've got to stay connected to the body here because we do this together. And so, Father, I pray, will you speak to every person here? And, Father, maybe for some, it's just, hey, you don't even have a relationship with Jesus yet. And that's where it starts. That's where it starts. It's you saying to Jesus, you know what, I messed up. I need a Savior. You died on that cross for me. For me. I accept you, Jesus Christ, as my Savior. Will you come into my life now? I want to learn to abide in you. Be my Savior, my Lord, and lead me. This starts there. It's a free gift from God. And I just pray, you just pray that. So thank you, Father, for your great love for us. Keep us connected to the vine that is Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless. Say hi to Pastor Sonny. Not sign up for the vision service. Today is the last day. All right? God bless.